I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 50, 19-Day Feast. Hi everyone, this is Andrea Hope, a poet, a wife, a mother, a Baha'i, and this is my podcast to mother where I share my recommendations and insights about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire me, some practical tips and resources, and sometimes my poetry. If I sound a little under the weather today, uh, it's because my family is sick right now. I always thought this was interesting, that phrase, under the weather. Under the weather, because the weather could be good too, right? So you could be at the beach under the sun, and that wouldn't be a bad thing. But maybe because it's from Britain, and there's a lot of foggy, rainy weather there, they just assume under the weather means under the British skies. So if you're familiar with that, or if you're listening from that area, you can fill me in on that. But yeah, my family's sick. It's not COVID, um, but... I've tried to record this podcast a couple times, so I'm hoping this time it'll be all good for me (laughs) over here in the household and having enough time. So yeah, today is our 50th episode. That's so awesome. I'm really glad that I got to 50 episodes. I don't know how many more I have in me, but I couldn't believe that I've gone through so many episodes and I haven't talked about the 19-day feast. What was I thinking? Um, The 19-day feast is so important to our communities and to our lives as Baha'is. And so I really wanted to say, okay, 50th episode, let's talk about incorporating children into the 19-day feast. So I found a writing from the Universal House of Justice. It's actually all the way from May 25th, 1975. The beautiful thing about the Universal House of Justice is that as the center of the covenant of our faith, it's an organization, an institution that evolves over time. So the Universal House of Justice will have different members now, of course, than it did in 1975. But there's the voice of this institution that evolves and whose guidance is, you know, in a sense, everlasting because we can go and look at the history of the record of the faith. And because it draws from the Baha'i writings, so many of the principles we can read from a previous time and still apply it to the things that are going on today. So I'm going to do the short reading from one of the letters of the Universal House of Justice. How often have well-organized Baha'i children's classes given parents, even those who are not Baha'is, the incentive to learn more and study more deeply the teachings of the faith? How often have the children, through their songs and recitation of prayers during feast and at other gatherings of the friends, added luster and inspiration to the program and created a true sense of belonging to the community and the hearts of those present? How many are the children who have grown into active and enkindled youth and later into wholly dedicated adults, energetically supporting the work of the cause and advancing its vital interests? So the part I wanted to highlight from this reading was the emphasis on children contributing to the program of feast through their prayers and songs. I definitely have had the experience that whenever my daughter says blessed is a spot that she knows by heart in a Baha'i meeting, people really love it. And I remember also before I had children, I just thought it was the cutest thing (laughs) when kids would lead a song or say a prayer. It just really warmed my heart. So I think about that as a parent as well. Really, I wanted to give a few ideas under the umbrella of my Living the Life tip this week, which is to have children contribute to feast. Of course, it says one way here, which is to 
recite prayers and songs. So that definitely takes work as a parent for preparation, that you're praying with your children, you're helping them to memorize the writings and helping them to sing songs. I have a morning devotional, which you know with my children, so that's how my daughter memorized Blessed is the Spot. And so that's something that you can look forward to though as a family, okay, feast is coming up and we're gonna sing this song or we're gonna read this prayer or recite this prayer. I think it is important to try and give your child a heads up (laughs) because sometimes when you ask them in the moment, it can feel like a lot of pressure. So definitely I would say prepare before feast to present something together or if your child is comfortable to present something on their own. When I was little, the way that I remember contributing to feast a lot was through food. And I should say that I do not like cooking. It is not my thing. I just, I can't stay in the kitchen. I can't concentrate on one thing. But when I was little, my great grandmother, when she hosted feast, she was one of those people who really wanted to have enough food for everyone to have dinner and feel full. So people do it differently. Some people have finger foods and snacks or have it potluck style. My grandmother was very Southern mentality make sure that everyone's full and make chili and all these other things. And so I would always make the deviled eggs. And it was nice for me to know, okay, when feast is coming up, this is my role, something that I can perfect. You know, it's not that hard. You boil some water, you put it in the cold water. And so I really looked forward to doing that. So food preparation could be a great way that your children can feel like they're contributing to feast, whether it's in your home or if you want to bring food to the larger group. Can your children greet people at the door? (laughs) Can they help set things up? Can they decorate? Can they pass out the prayers at the beginning? What are different ways we can think about having our children be of service during feast? Does it make more sense for you to host uh, as many as you can if you're one of the few families with children? Maybe physically host and ask people to prepare the devotional program and things like that. There's definitely situations in my community where I've asked to host because I know it will be very difficult for me to attend with two toddlers. So I say, yeah, can we have it at my place? That doesn't necessarily mean that I have to do everything because obviously as a mother, there are a lot of responsibilities already. But if we're having it at my place, then I get more of the flexibility of being able to attend to my children or have them be in their comfort space while we're having the feast. Then... The rest of the things I'm going to talk about are actually during feast. So asking a junior youth, a youth or a young adult or even an older adult who doesn't have children to lead a children's program during the administrative portion, that's usually the part where children can be the most restless. And I do think it's a good idea to try and ask people who don't have children (laughs) to do this so that parents have an opportunity to participate in the feast. But I have to highlight that it might be you as a parent have to offer up that suggestion or ask ask someone. Not because people don't want to be supportive, but we have to remember that if you're not a parent, you might not even be thinking about these things. There's so many things that before I was a parent or before I got through a certain stage in my life, I didn't even think about. Or you don't know how comfortable people are with you taking their kids and things like that. So as a parent, it would be nice for me to start that step of saying, hey, I would really love this youth or ask someone individually to say, oh, would you like to do a children's program for the feast? And, you know, it's only going to be 20 minutes or however long the program is going to be. And hopefully that will create a culture where eventually people will volunteer to say, oh, I'll do something with the kids. But to do something with them that is centered around contributing to the program of feast. So it'd be really wonderful that whatever they do, then maybe at the beginning of the social program, the children and the 
teacher can present it because again it gives an opportunity to create such a warm and loving feeling for the friends in the feast so not just thinking about how can we make sure that the children are entertained or taken care of during the feast how would our feast change if we really transform that mindset and say how can we help children contribute to feast and be a part of feast rather than just make adjustments for them coming so that could be again teaching a prayer in sign language or using motion or teaching a song during that time the repetition might take up the whole time for them to really get it <laughs> um, it could be teaching a story that they can participate in maybe the teacher can tell the story and the kids have their little parts that they jump in or doing an arts activity that they can present together. So think about the theme of the feast. You know, we have each of the 19 months that translates to a word in English that you can use to think about each of the months and come up with an activity that would go really well with the feast for children and have them present it. So those are just a few ideas. I feel like I ran through them pretty quickly, but yeah, how can your children help prepare the food with the hospitality and welcoming how can you prepare songs or prayers that they can present or you can present together during the feast? During the feast, is there a youth or junior youth or adult who would like to do a short children's program with them, focusing on songs, prayers, or stories, or an art project that can be presented to the friends at the end? So I hope those really get some ideas going in your head and that maybe at the next feast or the next time you get together as a community, you could talk about if you have children in your community, how can we make our feast more child friendly? What can the parents offer in terms of insights and education to people who don't have children about what the difficulties are or what would be helpful to them? And also what can the community offer in terms of the challenges that it could make for the community and obviously upholding that there's a certain time frame that feast needs to be had. Of course, with frank and loving consultation and with everyone involved having a humble posture of learning and a real spirit of fellowship, I think that we can really learn how to make feast something that not just respects families, but includes them. So those are just a couple of ideas that I have of how you might encourage your children to contribute to the feast. If you have others, of course, I'd love to hear them. My email is info at andreahope.org and you can email me anytime with your ideas or topics for my next shows. Uh, and then the resource for today on that theme of 19 Day Feast is that there's a website called Mine Rich in Gems. Mine, M-I-N-E, like the quote that talks about regard man as a mine rich in gems of inestimable value. And they have a whole program based on 19 Day Feast pages for kids. This is really wonderful and it's downloadable um, or you can get the booklets. And I just think if you're looking for ideas, even if you need to adjust it to having younger children, like for instance, I find a lot of programs, maybe they're not going to be for two to three year olds, which is what I have, but even just reading it, reading Brilliant Star, reading programs like this, it can help give me ideas of what I could do to adjust things for younger kids or what kind of quotes or songs or stories would be appropriate to teach for younger kids. So these are pages of activities. They're filled with stories, coloring pages, music ideas, arts and crafts. So definitely check out 19 Day Feast pages for kids from Mind Rich and Gems. And then I did want to close this week with a poem. I wrote a short poem about the 19 day feast. <laughs> I gave myself that challenge. So here is my summary of the 19 day feast. 
Each 19 days, the friends gather in homes and local centers. A time to recenter as community comes together, equals in earth and heaven. With plans and prayers to share, the warm aroma of soul food fills the air. Each meeting a building block of a society no worldly power could destroy. Devotional, administrative, social. Unity, progress, joy. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator. That's me. For more information about the Baha'i faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit Baha'i.org.